Hello and welcome back to the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again, I'm bringing you another one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the golden age of radio had to offer. For this week, we go back to Escape and feature a story about three convicts stranded on the open seas and the lengths they'll go to to stay alive. Today, the cast of B.K. Dawson, Nate Huntley, and myself reincarnate The Fourth Man, which originally aired on August 18th, 1947. So turn off the lights, gather round, and if you get scared, just remember, these tales scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. Nomia in the South Pacific. To a generation of French criminals, a word to be uttered in the same terrified breath with Devil's Island. The penal colony of Nomia, where the cutthroats, garroters, and sadists from the dredge of French society were sent to a living death. Our raft stood to the open sea. A mast of pandemous leaves served for its sail and paddle of wood for its helm. It was woven of breeze and bamboo sticks slashed upon triple rows of ladders, and it carried four men. Three of us had huddled together at the far end, our bodies blackened with dry blood and the hair upon us was long and matted. We only wore the rags of blue convict uniforms. On wrist and ankles, we carried our mark the dark, wrinkled stain of the manacles. My name is Dubot. Doctor, man of the world, murderer. And there was Feneral, forger, ladies' man, weakling, and coward. (laughs) Yes, we've escaped! And the one known as the parrot, thief, and cutthroat. So far, so good. And by the way of celebration, gentlemen, may I offer you cigarettes? Cigarettes? <laughs> Doctor, you're a marvel, a magician. And look at them white and fresh as though they just came from the package? How did you do it? Oh, every six months there are about 75 escapees from the Mia. And not more than one succeeds. Ours would be that one, I knew. So three weeks ago, I bribed the night guard for these very cigarettes, so that we may sit here, my friends, as we are doing, and celebrate. Well, I want a light. A light for the parrot. Our doctor's a wonder. He thinks of everything. He gives us cigarettes, matches, and our freedom. Wait till you got your two feet on the pavement again. That'll be the time to sound off about freedom. Ah, to wear starched collars again... To stroll with a girl clean and fresh from her bath? Suppose we get a storm. It's not the season of storms. Just the same. Suppose we get a storm. Parrot, my friend, you must not be so impatient. Remember, we were convicts back there, festering in oblivion. 
Now we are men, raised from the dead. You've got the gift of speech, Doctor. But where's the ship that's going to meet us here? This is the day as agreed. The wind will blow us to China if we keep on. We can't lie any closer to shore. There's a government launch at Toyini. I doubt if the native trackers have given us up. Careful, Parrot. The natives will eat you yet. I've heard about that. Is it true, Doctor? That they'll keep all the runaways they can capture to fatten on? Oh, they prefer the reward. Still, I... I doubt if they entirely lost their habit of cannibalism. <laughs> piece by piece, Parrot. First, they'll sample you. Then they'll make a stew out of your brains. Oh, they won't miss a thing. <laughs> Shut up, Feneral. Filthy brutes. I almost forgot. We have one of them with us. The fourth man was steering the raft. He sat crouched in the stern, his body glistening with spray. His huge, dark hands held the steering paddle. He was motionless, like an idol, his eyes fixed on the course ahead. The fourth man on the raft. You will see nothing superior. No line of beauty to redeem the low angle of the forehead, the knobby joints of the body. Nature has stamped him with the mark of inferiority, and he has set the final seal himself, with that twist of bark about his middle and that prong of pig ivory through his nose. Yes, but nonetheless, he's a man, and there is a price on our heads. He could be taking us where he likes. Calm yourself, Enerol. This is a very simple animal. An infant, really. Does that mean he couldn't double-cross us? He is bound by his duty. I made my bargain with his chief up the river. And this one is sent to deliver us on board our ship. That's the only interest he has in us. And he'll do it? He will. That's the nature of the natives. Well, I don't trust him. Not for a minute. I don't feel right on the same raft with that thing. Well, burn yourselves up in the sun if you like, but me... I'm going to crawl under a mat and get some sleep. Yes, we should all sleep a little, conserve ourselves. And when we awake, our ship will be here. Our saucy little topsail schooner, her mast standing out of the sky. And we'll be on our way to France, yes. Sleep, my friends. Feneral and Parrot dozed under the heat of the day, but not me. I stood once again to sweep the skyline under my shaded hand. My plan had been so careful, so precise, I had counted absolutely on meeting the ship, a small schooner, one of those fitting half-pirate traders of the Copper Islands, that can be hired like a cab in the dark street, for any sinister enterprise. And there was no ship, and there was no crossroads where one might sit and wait. Oh. Good morning, Doctor. It's afternoon, Feneral. Oh, yes, so it is. Ah, oh, I slept like a corpse. Hey, where's the ship, Doctor? It was gonna be here when we woke up. It will be here. I'm thirsty. Ah, I'm dying with thirst. So are we all, Feneral. Where's the flask? I'm roasted in the sun. You'll just have to roast some more. This crew has put on rations. What are you talking about? Where's that water? I have it here. So you have... You think it's yours? No, it's ours, Parrot. I want a drink, Doctor. Think a little, Parrot. We have to guard our supplies like reasonable men. We don't know how long we might be floating here. Oh, so that's how you're talking now. You don't know how long, but you were sure enough when we started. 
I'm still sure. The ship will come. She cannot stay for us in one spot. She'll be cruising to and fro until she intercepts us. Until then, we must wait. Yeah, that's real good. We must wait. And in the meantime, what? Fry here in this heat? Our tongues hanging out while you deal us water drop by drop? Perhaps. No. The man does not live that feeds me by a spoon. Unless you would die very speedily, we must guard our water. We can only do our best with what we have. All right, Doctor. You do your best. Give me my drink. You may have your share, of course. But be warned, when it's gone, don't come to us, to Fenerol and me. Yes, what's fair is fair. My drink. Very well. Oh, a thimbleful. A thimble full of water. This way we should have enough for three days, maybe more, with equal shares among the three of us. That's right. There are only three of us. You were thinking of him, Fenerol. Of our pilot. He looks somewhat like us, doesn't he? But his body has never known clothes. His heart has never known the swelling that comes from the feelings of love and beauty. His mind has never known a single thought. Look at us three, gentlemen. You, Fenerol, a forger. You, Parrot, a thief. And I, Dr. Dubot, of Paris and Marseille, a murderer. And yet, we are civilized men. And this is a savage animal. And our provisions are for civilized men only. The land had sunk away from us in the night. The trap had been sprung. As the savage sun kindled upon us with the power of a burning glass, a calm fell. An absolute calm. The air hung weighted, the sea heaved and fell in polished undulations, and the sun shone, driving into our eyelids like white hot splinters. We carried to the shelter of our mats, gasping, shriveling, and the water, the world of water, was slack and thick as oil. Ugh, how lonely it is. Dr. Debeau? Yes, Parrot. Look around you. Go on. Look around. What do you see? I see water, Parrot, on the horizon. Nothing else. Oh, so you don't see a ship? A saucy little schooner? Those are your words. Well, where is it? Why don't you see it? It will come. Will it comfort us to be dead when it comes? You say that you count on your friends, but suppose they leave you to rot here. Leave Parrot and me to rot here. That would be a joke. Hey, Doctor, to, to wait for a ship that will never come? My friends will not fail me. Why? How do you know? How can you be so sure? There is a safety vault in Paris, full of papers to be opened at my death. Those papers contain confession. No, gentlemen, my friends will not fail me. Parrot, a moment ago, you asked me what I saw. There was something I neglected. What's that? I see a Canuck on this raft with us. He does not join us. He does not look at us. He sits on his heels, in a way of the native, with his arms hugging his knees. He sits them at the stern, motionless, under a shattering sun, gazing out into... into vacancy. Whenever I raise my eyes, I see nothing else, only this Konak. He seems to be enjoying himself quite well. I was thinking so myself. The cannibal? The savage? He does not seem to suffer. What's going on in his brain? What does he dream of there? He looks as though he hates us. That dirty rat. Maybe. 
Maybe he's waiting for us to die. Maybe he's waiting for the reward. At least he wouldn't starve on the way home. He could deliver us piece by piece. How does he do it, Doctor? Hasn't he any feeling? I've been wondering. It may be that his fibers are tougher. His nerves are... But we've had water. He hasn't. And yet, I see his skin is moist and fresh. And his belly is fat as a football. Don't tell me that this savage is thirsty. Is there any way he could have stolen our supplies? Certainly not. Well, suppose he has his own supplies then. Hidden. What? We'll see. Search the raft. Come on, we'll learn his secrets. Here, look under the mats. Anything there? No. Nothing. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you are mistaken. He has nothing hidden. You're wrong about him, Doctor. When you say he has no understanding, there's one thing he can understand. <laughs> well, Parrot, you feel better now, don't you? Superior, come back, my friends. Come back under the mats. The glare of the sun is not so bad there. You idiots. What's the matter with our Parrot now? Why do we look and look? The schooner can't help us now. If we're becalmed, then they are too. Doctor, is that true? Yes. We must hope for a breeze first. Well, then, why didn't you tell us? We trust you. Why do you keep on playing out the farce? You are wise, Doctor. You are very wise. You know things that we don't, and you keep them to yourself. You think you can use your wisdom to get the best of us? You be careful, Doctor, because I still have the knife. And so the days dragged by. The second. The third. And now it was the fourth day, and still there was no breeze. And still there was no ship. Uh, Doctor? Yes? What do you stare at? At him, the native. Why? Look at him. Look at us. We are dying. Our powers are ending. And him? Naked, wild, brutish. He is yet to give the slightest sign of complaint or weakness. A man. It is a man, and a very poor and wretched example of a man. You'll find no lower type anywhere. Look at his cranial angle, the high ears, the heavy bone of his skull. Why, he's scarcely above an ape. He has a secret. A secret? But we've seen him. Every move he makes, every minute. What chance has he for a secret? How absurd. Here we are, three children of the century, products of civilization, and here is this savage who belongs before the Stone Age. Is he to win the struggle? What kind of secret? I can't say. Perhaps some method of breathing, some strange posture he uses to change the sensation in his body. Some things are known by primitive people, known and jealously guarded, like the properties of a certain drug and the uses of hypnotism. Who knows? We can know. We can find out. Oh, would you ask him? Useless. He would not tell. Why should he? We scorned him. We give him no share with us. We abuse him, and so he falls back on his own expedience. There are the means by which he has survived from the depths of time, by which he may yet survive when all our wisdom is dust. There are a number of ways of learning secrets. And I know them all. How could he stand any torture you might invent? You saw how he behaved before. No, that's not the Now way. you're going to listen to my way, because I'm tired of all this talk. You say he's a man? All right, then he has blood in his veins. At least we could drink. No, it would be too hot. It would be salt. Well, kill him then, and throw him over the side. Let's be rid of this thing. 
we gain nothing. Then what do you want? I want to beat him. That's what I want. To beat him at his game. For our own sakes. For our racial pride. We must. To prove ourselves his master. Watch him. Watch him closely, my friends. Watch? Oh, I'll watch all right, my good doctor. Because I'm not sleeping anymore and leaving you alone with that bottle. I've been meaning to discuss our rations with you. Have you? We're running very short. I'm afraid we must cut down again. And what are we to cut to? Half a thimble full. No. We must keep our wits. I said no. All right, then we'll put it to a vote. You say no, I say yes. Feneral? Yes, yes, anything. Just give me my no. Then it's a half thimble full. Your share, Feneral. More. More or I'll die. Give me more. No more today. You must. You must, Doctor. No more today. Look! A, a ship! A ship! Where? Where is it? I don't see any ship. It's a trick. Look, Fenrel, he's at the bottle. You dirty thief. You killed him with that oar. What about the bottle? Yes, there's some left. You got him just in time. And there is no ship. There will be no ship. We are done because of you and your dirty promises that brought us here. Doctor. Liar. Fool. Don't come any closer. Unless you want this flask broken over your head. No. I wouldn't want that. Just think, Parrot. Why should you and I fight? We can see this trouble through and win yet. This calm can't last forever. Besides, there will be only two of us to divide the water now. That's true, isn't it? Fenrel kindly leaves us his share and inheritance. All right, I'll take mine now. My share, right now, if you please. <sighs> so be it. Your share. Many thanks. And now, Fenrel's share. To me, please. As you say. And now another. Three. That's enough, Parrot. No, Doctor, that's not enough. Now I'll take the rest. Ah, stop! My arm! I will kill you if you don't let go. <clears throat> Thank you. You see, I do have manners, haven't I? And I have wisdom, too, because I fooled a very wise man. I toast you, Doctor. The best man wins. That was a bright idea of yours. The best... <laughs> so, so the best man wins, eh, Parrot? You forgot I'm a doctor, didn't you? You forgot that a man cannot go without water for four days, then drink his fill and live through it. Go on, Parrot. Gasp out your worthless life while I laugh. <laughs> yes, the best man always wins, Parrot. The best man... So, the best man wins. Yes, Doctor. You forgot my knife, didn't you? Forgot me lying at your feet. Gave me up for dead, didn't you? But now it is I, Feneral, who will outlast the two of you. Yes, my good Doctor, the best man always wins. Captain, longboat's back, sir. All right. Send Marto in. He's right here, sir. Uh, bad luck, sir. The raft was here all the time, not ten miles away from us. Ah, that calm. Well, where are they? The passengers. They're all dead. 
All dead, eh? Yes, one stabbed to death, another skull crushed, the other fried by the sun. They're all dead. Well, all the better. But how are you going to... Ah, hog's head, my friend. The hog's head in the afterhole. <laughs> Filled them up nicely with brine, and there we are. Well, I don't understand. Oh, you're dull, Marto, very dull. The gentleman's passage is all paid. Before we left Sydney, I contracted to bring back three escaped convicts. Well, <laughs> I'll bring them back, pickled. <laughs> so if you'll go back, Marto, and bring them aboard for the trip, I'd be much obliged. Very well, sir. Oh, there's a fourth man on the raft, Captain uh, uh, Konak. Still alive. What do we do with him? Uh, Konak? Eh, no word in my contract about any Konak. Eh, leave him there. He's only a savage. And so Feneral, the parrot, and myself went aboard for a long trip to our beloved Paris, our bodies pitching and rolling gently in huge vats of brine. On the raft, the fourth man raised his head slightly, as a wind fresh and from the west. He watched as the schooner turned, shaping away for Australia, and disappeared over the rim of the horizon. And then he spread his sail of Padmas leaves and headed his raft eastward, back toward New Caledonia, back toward home. Feeling somewhat dry from his exertion, the native plucked a hollow leaf at random from the rushes on his raft. Slowly, leisurely, the native stretched himself at his accustomed pace at the stern. He thrust the leaf down deep into one of the bladders underneath the raft and slowly drank his fill of sweet water. He had a dozen such storage bladders remaining, built into the floats at intervals above the waterline, quite enough to last him safely home again. And that concludes our reincarnation of the fourth man from Escape in another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank my cast for helping me bring this script back to life. And new episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement. And leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishon, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. 